A reading from the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with the fifth verse. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have now had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am He, the One who is speaking to you. Just then His disciples came, they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? 
they left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more and then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are a preponderance of things in this text that we could latch on to and spend, you know, 55 minutes or so preaching on. Or 15, if 55 scares you. Plenty of things that we could take a hold of here and, and, and talk about as being good news. But there's one thing in particular that I wanted to draw our attention today, but we still need to know some of those other things. Like, for instance, did you notice that Jesus' disciples were surprised that he was talking to a woman in public? He was already doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing, much less speaking to a Samaritan, because Jews weren't supposed to have anything to do with the Samaritans, much less a Samaritan woman, much less a Samaritan woman he didn't even know. That Jesus in his tiredness has taken rest at a well sitting beside him, and he sees her come. And it's interesting to me that while Jesus was sitting burdened with the tiredness of his body, a woman comes who was burdened with the tiredness of her life. Or at least that's how the story rings in my ears. We don't know that Jesus lashed out at her and told her all these horrible things that she had done throughout her life, but he did tell her everything she had done. Naturally, we assume that somehow her marital condition is sinful for her because it's what we do when we read stories like this. But it could have been that the other ones just died. Makes you wonder why the other one had showed up though, doesn't it? So we don't really know that. But what we do know is that whatever was going on in her life, she understood it to have separated her from her community. It was bad enough that she was coming to the well in the heat of the day at a time when nobody else was there. Did you notice that? The only people present are Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Her neighbors haven't come. And this is the well that everyone would come to. 
They must have come earlier in the day when most of the biblical commentators say they would have come. And so she shows up with her own kind of tiredness, her own kind of thirst, a thirst to be set free probably from the ridicule of her community. That alone would be enough to drive someone to show up in places when no one else would. And that alone, that alone would gather our Lord's attention. But she does seem to come under the weight of something. A burden. That Jesus sees and offers her relief from. You may remember last week we spoke about John 3.16 and the idea of God giving His Son being a burdenless gift. That there's nothing we have to offer in return. We don't have that burden of having someone show up at your house on Christmas and offer you something as a gift when you didn't plan to get them anything. And we talked about the different ways that that affects us and creates a burden on us. And then we were reminded that God's gift removes the burden of sin from us. That that's what God was doing. Through Christ, reconciling us to God's self. A burdenless gift. And here again, we see the burden that comes and we see Jesus offer her the gift of a life without that burden. And how does she get it? He invites her to ask Him for living water. I'm reminded of the time that Jesus said, you don't have because you don't ask. And when I hear Jesus say to her, go and call your husband, I know that what he is doing is inviting her to lay that burden down. To be set free from it. And when I read that, when I read her response, some of those things that I know have burdened me in my life came flooding to the front of my mind. Those things that we would call sin. Those things that I would never tell anybody else. Those things that I hide and keep in the back that I wouldn't dare let out of my closet or let someone else know. We all walk around with the same kind of burdens that this woman felt. Even the Apostle Paul experienced that. You may remember him speaking in 2 Corinthians about having a thorn in his flesh. A burden, something that he had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that God would take care of. Listen to how he spoke about it. He said, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Do you have something in your past that torments you? Something in your present that torments you? Something that you're afraid, your neighbor, your friends, your church, your God might reject you over. Paul had that. said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. It is only in our weakness that we can recognize that there is someone present to us who can remove our burdens. And as this woman comes, in the middle of the day, she is weakened by her societal condition, her religious condition, her own ethnicity, because she was a person who was born out of 
the intermarriage of Assyrians and Jews, something that God's Word had told them not to do. So the people of Judah had separated themselves from the northern kingdom, part of what is now Samaria. And they rejected them as a people, but here comes Jesus to receive them. Whatever thorn you may have, whatever burden you may have, whatever monkey you may have on your back, whatever it is, would you give yourself the chance to have the Lord say to you today, what is it that burdens you? I think that is the heart of Jesus' question to this woman. When He says, go and call your husband, He's inviting her to share her burdens with Him so that He can invite her to be free from them. The title of the sermon is, Everything Was Not Enough. I thought about how people will sometimes look at something and say, well, I guess that's good enough. You ever been there? Good enough for government work? Doesn't speak much of the government, does it? Someone will say something is good enough, but here's a situation where everything was not enough. Jesus told her to call her husband, and she told him what was burdening her, what was weighing her down. And I imagine that maybe she told him other things, because here's the deal. When she looked at how Jesus responded to her, how he accepted her no matter what she had told her, she realized that he accepted her after she had told him everything she had ever done. Not only that, but he knew it before he asked her for a drink. Do you hear that, church? Before he invited her into relationship with him, he knew everything that she had ever done and it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to prevent him from calling to her. Man, that's good news, isn't it? What good news? What haunts you, church? What thing do you have buried up, stuck away in your back pocket or the safe at home? What thing do you not want people to know? What thing drives you to be in hiding at times? What is it you're struggling with and need to be set free from? You can assume a lot of things about how Jesus will respond to it if you confess it to Him. But I promise you this much, this story teaches us that it's not enough for Him to reject you. Do you hear that? Everything she had ever done was not enough for Jesus to reject her. He came and found her at a well. Met her in her tiredness and her burden and offered her freedom. What a beautiful story that is. A woman that he wasn't supposed to talk to. He asked her for a cup that he wasn't supposed to touch if she had touched it. For water that he wasn't supposed to drink if she had drawn it. And he asked knowing everything else she had ever done. There are a lot of other beautiful things about this story. But this week, that was the part I needed to hear. I hope it's what you need to hear. 
Everything she had ever done was not enough to prevent Jesus from seeing her and accepting her. And get this, there's more. She's so impacted by his acceptance of her that she goes to tell everyone else in town and she becomes a witness. She makes a testimony empowered by Jesus' grace and love for her. Dear ones, that's our story. People who have come to know that we need the grace of God because we know what we are. People who have asked for the grace of God and accepted the grace that is extended to us so that we can become who He wants us to be. Witnesses who know that He will accept anyone and everyone who comes. And our message is the same message that Paul offers. His grace is sufficient for us and for all who will come. Everything I ever did, He told me. He already knew. And still, He talked to me. It's beautiful, isn't it, church? It's just beautiful. It gives this preacher hope. Because I know I'm not perfect. And I know where my brokenness is. Today, we will be receiving two people into membership of this church who come forward to confess their brokenness. To remember Christ's offer of life. And to profess their faith in front of you. To renew their commitment to Christ. When we begin to do that, there will be a portion of what we would do called the renunciation of sin and profession of faith. As you think about all that you have ever done and those burdens that you need forgiveness for, that you need to confess, I invite you today to respond to those questions with them as a way of recommitting yourself to Christ and accepting the living water that He offers you here today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.